Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty for Her. This morning, you'll be hearing from Dee Bumpkins, who is somebody who has inspired me really as we've thought about what could Liberty be. And in in that process of considering what's possible for you, I started to consider what's possible for me. What do I have to share with this audience um, as we go from Liberty for Her to Liberty Road in this rebrand? And Dee is one of the people that inspired me to really think about that and inspired me to look at at you guys, at this audience in a new way, and to try and give you more stories of women who are over 40, who are doing interesting things and impacting their part of the world. So I'm so excited to share with you somebody who inspired me because I know she'll inspire you. Dee, welcome to Liberty Road. It's so good to have you. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hello from Amsterdam. (laughs) Yes, from Amsterdam. I have to tell you guys, it's seven o'clock in the morning here in LA, and it's 4.30 your time, correct, Dee? It's 4.30. Yeah. yeah, so this is the stuff we do to, to bring these podcasts to you guys. So Dee, tell, tell our audience a little bit about um, your platform and Bloom and really kind of what, what ignited that spark in you to start it. Well, it's a long story, of course, but uh, to keep it a little uh, short, it is a community, an online community uh, made for and made by women over 40, uh, which I started in 2018. And uh, it mainly started because I was missing certain kind of content. I got pregnant at 39, had my son at 40, and then I decided to throw away my very hotshot fashion photographer career to stay home with my son. And uh, I had lots of time to, well, get inspired online, magazines, on television, or wherever I was trying to find inspiration, and I really didn't find it. What to do next with my life? So... I knew, of course, that the homestaying part with my son was going to be short, one or two years, and uh, there was a life after that, and Mm. I just couldn't find any inspiration. There was a few women on Instagram that were showing me uh, fashion or beauty or lifestyle in a very cool way, and uh, I had some friends that were starting new careers or going back to school, but really it was so small that I sort of panicked and I panicked because it looked like the end of the world. Like there was nothing Mm. behind that 4-2 or 4-3 or 4-4, just only um, like a very boring sort of new life that I was going, uh, going to, to have. It's true. There wasn't, there wasn't anything at the time I'm sure you started. And there's a little bit now, thanks to people like you, 
But even when we did see images of women past 40 got bundled with 60 and 70, it was sort of like there was 50 years that was bundled together. Somehow, like your 20s and your 30s and your 40s, they gave you your own space. And then after that, you all got bundled together. And we have a magazine here in the States called AARP, and it's for elderly people. You can get insurance and all these other things. And all of a sudden, you started getting AARP magazines at your door the minute you turned 50. And it was like you just got bundled with people who were retiring and thinking about life in a completely different way. There was no space for where you were. And that is that was exactly what I was experiencing. We have the same sort of magazines here in the Netherlands. And uh, well, I always said when I was younger, I'm never going to buy those magazines. But then, you know, you're sort of forced to get them because yeah. there's no other inspiration. Right. And well, I missed my career, of course, after a few years and got my camera out of the closet. And I didn't want to go back to fashion or that life of fashion photographer, but I did, you know, I wanted to make portraits. And then I decided to portray the women around me, my friends, my mom, uh, my aunties, all these women that in my eyes were still inspiring and young. You just don't mm -hmm. see them. And that is why my book is called uh, Inspiration from ordinary women because yeah. those are the ones that you see all the time and they're the ones that really impact us right the the other images that we see that are, look flawless they might be aspirational but they don't actually inspire us because it's so far away it's those ordinary women that we see that we're like okay i think i can do that i can do that one that one next step to be more like that or to see myself more like that, which is part of what's interesting in looking at your images. It's ordinary women in very ordinary settings sometimes or dealing with some things that are very intimate, like some of the shots you have around what seems to be breast cancer survivors and things like that. Yeah, and there are many of those. It surprises me every time when yeah. I speak to a woman and she's like, oh, I had breast cancer 10 years ago. I'm like, Okay, another one. It's amazing how yeah. many women deal with breast cancer. Yeah, and I'll encourage everybody to go and see those, and we'll have in the show notes how they can access your book and your your um, blog and, of course, your Instagram. So as a photographer, you obviously had a very specific professional lens in which you saw the world. Um, and why was it specifically aging women, was it because of your own situation as you just chatted about? Or were you having conversations with friends that started to see themselves as sort of over as well? Was it all inspired within you or was that a part of what was going on around you as well? No, it was, it was both actually. It was first of all my own journey during my 30s where I uh, started to notice a negative voice in my head while I was portraying or photographing models in their 30s and 20s. And I was looking at my mirror of reflection and saw the first signs of aging. And I didn't like what I, what I saw or what I, yeah, yeah. What, I, what I saw. And uh, at the same time, my girlfriends, the ordinary girlfriends that I have, they were 
you know, at a garden party uh, saying things like, oh, no, I don't want to have my picture taken because, you know, I don't hold anymore on pictures or mm. complaining about overweight. Of course, they all had children and they were tired. And the only thing I saw was beautiful women. Mm. And uh, it's, it's very often that critical voice in your head that limits you. That is what I wanted to take away for a lot of women, because you look at yourself and you compare yourself to something. For everyone, it's different what you compare yourself with, right? Some compare their, themselves with younger women or uh, famous women or models. But if you can compare yourself to someone your own age and your own uh, situation in, in the same phase of their life, then it's a very different story because most of the time we have the same sort of life and we age in the same sort of way. And uh, that is why I always say you become what you see. Because if yeah. you stop comparing yourself to 10 years younger women or models or Instagram famous filtered bodies, you know, it's unhealthy. Yeah. It is unhealthy. And I think it brings an unnecessary amount of um, not just the, the comparison, but it, depression can start to creep in. We can start to view not just the way we look, but everything in our life as less than because we start to feel like we don't have control over our life. We can't access our 30-year-old self. And I think the sad thing when we get outside of ourselves, so when you're looking at your friend perhaps, and you see her for who she is and what she has to offer the world, it's like, oh, if I could only give her that, if she could be operating from that point of view, which is kind of what you do through your photographs. I mean, you're, it's like you're giving her a different perspective. How often do you photograph somebody and then they come back and say to you, I never saw myself that way? Almost all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, of course, I uh, from the beginning, I uh, I took it as sort of a fashion project so all yeah. women come barefaced and there's a makeup artist doing their makeup and then there's a stylist and I came up with this whole bloom and bloom concept and everybody works on that concept to prepare the women before they come in front of my camera so all women um, have different makeup on than they would usually have and different clothes of course and most of them never, ever had a photo shoot. So it's, they ha they're having the time of their lives. And of course, it's like a girl dress up party because there's only girls or women and uh, we have a great time. And there is no must. There is no rules. It is just fun. And that is probably why most women want to come for a second time. They're like, can I come again, Dee? <laughs> but we're, we're just having a great time. And it's how it started was... Uh, I mean, I've been a, a freelance photographer for so many years, working assignments and clients, and I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to create my own thing without pressure, without too much of a um, ambition, you know, make beautiful portraits and just catch those women. Yeah, those are fun days. They're really fun days. Yeah. Did you start with the concept of the book or the Instagram or the blog first? Which came first? The Instagram came first. My mom was the first woman that I portray. And then slowly I gathered friends and family and, you know, it grew pretty fast in the first year. Now my book, I got 
I think it was July last year, I got a mail from a publisher from England and they asked me if I wanted to do a book together. So that book came two years after. I wow. never even thought of a book. I wasn't that ambitious. I mean, I was ambitious for the Instagram because I really saw an opening there in a business because there was nothing there at that time. And uh, Instagram for me was like, okay, if young women can do this, I can do this too. I'm going to try. And uh, it took me uh, two years to grow big. And um, yeah. then the book. So, yeah. Quite, quite big. I think for those listening, and I'm sure people will go and visit if they haven't already, but your Instagram is how many? It's 240 now. 240 in two years is incredible growth, especially three when years. we consider that, okay, in three years. That growth is in the midst of all the algorithm changes and all the things that so many people have complained about that have said, I can't seem to make it on Instagram. You for some reason, have been able to escape that. And I think that's probably because what you're putting out is so needed. And there's so there's so few places where you can access it. And I would also say what you're doing is beautiful. It's it's beautiful to look at. Um, there, are, there are lots of other women joining the ranks of talking about age, talking about silver hair, talking about a lot of those things. But I think what you do uniquely is you definitely come with that creative eye and, and we can see it, but there's a lot of storytelling in your photographs. You can tell that you're not just trying to capture a beautiful shot, but you're trying to capture that person. Um, and I think that's part of what's so compelling about your work, for me, for sure. That's why I kept going back. Such a big compliment, really. Well, it's true, it's true. And I think when people see it, that's what they'll see. And I, part of why I say that is, because listeners will hear this and they'll say, okay, what can I do to get the sort of growth that Dee had in three years? And I think the important piece of it is, is the art that you're putting out, the actual content and not worrying about the numbers. I'm sure you focused on the art when you first started and the numbers came and then you continued to do what you saw that people wanted more and more of. Is that true? Yes, of course, that's true. I mean, I had no idea. I used to be on Instagram as a photographer from the first day. I don't even remember which year it was, but I never really used Instagram, not even as a normal fashion photographer. So it was all new to me and I focused on my niche. So yeah. uh, I was 42 at that time when I started. So I really focused on over 40. And uh, of course, I had women calling me or mailing me. Oh, I'm 38. I said, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. 40 is really the limit. And uh, I kept to that. And um, I stayed very uh, focused on that uh, target group because that was the yeah. one that was missing on inst Instagram. Of course, the 30s and the 20s, there are plenty of those. But back then, three years ago, three and a half years ago, there wasn't a lot of 40 plus ladies or people even doing something important on Instagram. So I think the niche was one of the most important thing. And then, of course, the content. But, you know, there's a lot of people making beautiful content. I think it's repeating yourself and creating your own signature that people can relate to or recognize. 
I get a lot of comments or uh, DMs from, from women that say, I don't even have to look at the caption. I see it's your picture. And that is, of course, a big compliment because you're, uh, well, you're creating an emblem image, no matter, it doesn't matter if it's a picture of my home or a picture of a woman, it is in the same signature and style. And I think that is important. Yeah. Yeah, you've said three things that I think are really key that no matter what our listeners um, are doing, the takeaway, especially on social media, is that you niched down, you really focused on something. And we'll get into this in the second half of the interview, but you've hit on something here. And the signature piece, I think, is key that no matter no matter where, because I've seen your images on other people's platforms, a few models that you shot. And I was like, wait a minute, that looks like Dee's work. And sure enough, if I followed the cookie crumbs, it was your work. So the signature piece, the niching down, and then also you found a hole. You found a place where no one else was was speaking. And I think those three very critical elements are definitely part of your success, but something that we can all take away as we look to consider kind of what's next for us. What I think is also very important uh, is authenticity, mm. uh, that you show uh, something that is real. And I think, especially for women a little bit older, it is so important that they can relate to someone that is real, or at least talk about real things. And that is why I often talk about menopause or... I can be very open about my hair loss or about uh, skin that is changing or, you know, other things that are changing when you get older. Yeah. And that is my opinion. And I think that is also part of my success. When you are older, you just don't buy certain kind of lies anymore. You want to be treated yeah. in a real way and you want to be fed real stories. It is really boring I mean, when you're 20 and you read certain kind of stories or you look at certain kind of pictures, it's fine because you're young and then you have other standards than when you're older. And that is what I really missed. I missed real content from real women because looking at a certain kind of women my age or older that are completely photoshopped or that are full of Botox or fillers or whatever you want and they are free to do that. But I don't want to compare myself to that. I want to compare myself yeah. to women, ordinary women, you know, women that are doing it the natural way and uh, sharing the real stories. Yeah, I think there's something too about like when we look at ourselves, the, the physical part of ourselves and all the things that are changing, it gives us enough pause to look at what else has changed internally. What are these other things that have shifted and moved and perhaps there are pieces of me or us that are the same, but there are other pieces of us that have changed emotionally, what we want, what we long for, what we dream about. And I feel like you are able to give physical context to something that can even be layered into our emotional spaces. And what we're looking for in life is very different. And so we want to be inspired by things that are more meaningful and real. And we don't want to have to weed through the noise. We just want people to tell it like it is. My kids laugh at me all the time because I'll say, oh, I met this really lovely woman. She's very normal. That's a thing. I say that all the time. She's very normal. And that's a high, I guess, a high priority for me now. Like I don't have time for, and I think most of us don't have time for the fluff in whatever manner, uh, on in a photo or even in conversation. Um, 
you say something in, I think it's the tagline of uh, the book, or I think, no, actually, I think it's the tagline of the, the website, but it's the art of aging unapologetically. What do you think we've been apologizing for? Women. <laughs> yeah. Do you have time? Yeah. <laughs> We have yeah, an hour. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. wow. Well, I think we are apologizing for everything, especially when we're yeah. younger and uh, we do not even do it consciously. It's it's in our upbringing and it's, you know, we are following paths that are forced up on us and not even our own choices. And uh, yeah. I, I can talk about it for an hour, but I think uh, a lot of women and that is why I concluded this from all the interviews and portraits that I made. Uh, they hit 40 or 45, somewhere somewhere around 40, between 40 and 45. And suddenly they become more important. They as women, you know, most women mm. Um, mm. followed their parents' wishes, then society's wishes to get married and study and have children. And then... When they hit 40, 45 and become empty nesters or, you know, children are moving out, suddenly there's time for them. For a lot of women, there is this sudden hole of what to do with my life now. And then most of most women think that they missed the boat, uh, the, their time is up, there's nothing more, it's it's the end. And I, I talk to so many women that think like that. And um, aging unapologetically, it doesn't mean that you have to run outside with purple hair in your bikini, but it means that you can still do whatever you want in life. There is no, I don't think there is a limit to what you can reach or what you can do or yeah. what you can dream about. And there's no age that stops you. Of course, there are things that you cannot do anymore when you're 80 years old, but you know there is plenty of time to do lots of things when you are hitting 40 or 50 or 60 or 70. And it's even it's even strange that we accept this sort of narrative when at 40 and 45, as you were saying, whatever it is for that individual person, you actually become the most equipped to do the things that you probably want to do. You're way more equipped than when you were 20 and 30. So it's interesting that we sort of think we've hit some plateau and well, now it's over. And I guess I'll do whatever, whatever my mother did or whatever I thought that was going to look like. When we're living longer, we're living healthily longer. And there's so much more that we have access to with technology. We, we are able to do so much um, that we weren't able to do only 15 years ago. So it's interesting that we have hit this plateau in a time when I think we're starting to really see how much we have access to and how much we can actually impact in our own lives and in the lives of other people. I mean, what started out as your personal sort of curiosity, what's next for me, is something that sparked um, and, and really hit home for so many people, which is where I think we should all be sort of impacting people. Like, where do we need, what do we need? Where do we need to be fed? And that's generally speaking, that's a good place to start for where the world needs to be fed and other people in your particular space in life. I think they're scared sometimes to hmm. start new, to really find their own purpose and then, and then 
speak it out and, and be loud about it. It's, it is very scary. And maybe they think they're not worth listening to or you know, yeah. being very modest and especially on Instagram. And I'm so happy that there are so many more women over 50 and 60 standing up and being loud about themselves. It's fantastic. And so yeah. it's such an inspiration for me because you know I'm only 46. And sometimes I hear myself speak and then I think, oh, you sound like an old woman. And I don't feel old at all and I don't see myself as an older woman, but I think society is so focused on youth and it's such a youth mentality that, you know, I have to be loud about it because if I don't speak about it, then that is always accepted. Yeah. Okay. So you just said something about like our purpose. If I would have had coffee with you three and a half years ago, when you were starting this platform, would you have said, this is my purpose? Uh, no. So it's like, we just need to begin with what feels meaningful to us or what feels curious to us or even fun. How do I want to sort of experiment or play? And look at now, I think you would probably say there's definitely some purpose in this. Three and a half years later, almost a responsibility because so many people are looking to you and being inspired by you. Is that is that the case or am I putting words in your mouth? No, no, no. It, it, it's... It's been a very organic uh, growth, also personal growth, because altogether, if I look back now, I can see that this whole thing started already 20 years ago. And maybe even before that, um, the photography, the, the model that I did when I was younger, um, I love to write. I love to make content. I'm a very feminine person. So everything I do, I do with a certain touch. And then I'm also um, empathic. So I really like to listen to what women have to say. And because I'm a strong woman, I like to support others. You know, so altogether, if you start to think about who you are and what are your good assets in life? And you put them all together, you come up with this sort of tulip bowl, right? Yeah. And then there's a flower yeah. growing out of it because that is how I feel. And I never ever thought of becoming an influencer because in the first year I hardly posted a self-portrait and I really didn't want to do that. And also there I learned a lot for myself because I had a completely wrong self-image completely negative self-image and I write about the self-love selfies and mm -hmm. I'm not lying about it because it is really getting to know yourself again in different daylights and the daylight right now is that I'm 46 and not 16. Yeah I love that I love I love the image that you just created of this this bowl that's being created that we can bloom from and of course and bloom. I mean, everything that you're talking about makes sense. Talk, going back to that signature piece. How did you, when did you realize, I should say, that, oh, I am an influencer? And did, did it shift the work that you were doing? I still don't see myself as an influencer. Uh, but of course I am. And I yeah. realize it when I am hurting someone because that happens sometimes. You can never please everyone. So mm. sometimes mm. I receive a private message and then it's a woman saying, oh, but do you realize you're saying that and that you're, you hurted me or something? Yeah. Happens because I'm just a human being. And of course, uh, I cannot 
make everyone happy with the way I think. So, and then I always think, okay, this is, it's pretty, um, how to say it correctly? Because, you know, I'm Dutch. (laughs) It's sometimes it's dangerous. I I don't, I'm not sure if I'm using the right word, but when you have a voice, you have to use it right. And you cannot just say anything. And uh, sometimes I'm blurting out some, something that I'm thinking and then, Another woman on the other side of the world takes it in a really wrong way. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I am an influencer. So people listen to what I'm saying. If you're saying the right stuff, everyone is happy. And it doesn't really ring a bell because, you know, you don't get criticized. But as soon as you get criticized, you think about it. And I'm like, ah, I heard someone. And, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. An example, I posted a picture in my stories last year of myself in the playground with my son and I was laying on the table because I was completely tired and then I had a hashtag saying motherhood over 40 and then I received a very angry DM from a woman that said but now you're stereotyping women over 40 as if they are always tired when they are older mothers and uh, I was like wow okay I'm sorry I didn't mean it like that but it did it did hit like a conscious thing that you know I'm influencing a lot of women I think it's interesting to hear you talk because yes there's a responsibility when you hit that sort of influencer space which or stage which you have but to your point if you say things that everybody's happy with all the time what kind of actual impact are you having? I became a mother for the third time at 40 and I was exhausted. And if I saw that picture, I would have been like, thank God I'm not alone. I would not have thought of it as a negative stereotype. And I think it's fine that that woman thought that. And I think many other women probably would have joined her. But my point is, when you're somebody who has any sort of impact, yes, you have a responsibility to watch what you say, but wouldn't you also say, you also have a responsibility to continue and impact and poke holes and point out some of those things that could sometimes be controversial. Well, it does a lot of times, of course, and most people just unfollow, which is fine because you want to create a community with like-minded women or people. And uh, when they leave, I am okay with that. But you don't really see that because it's a big account. So people leave and people come and it's fine. Yeah. I just have my voice. It's only when they send you DMs, uh, private messages that you're like, oh, okay, that is very what interesting. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, talk, uh, I talk about aging and I talk about my opinions and they can be very strong. And, you know, I don't lie about anything and I'm not afraid to, uh, to open minds with you know, my opinion, which, you know, it's not for everyone. And I'm okay with that. It doesn't have to be for everyone. No, in fact, I think most things that are successful, especially when it comes to content, um, visual writing, opinion, it's important to have a very specific point of view. It's important to come come with that. and, And that's 
perhaps how you got there in the first place. I wanted to just briefly, before we move on, your book by the same name, Anne Bloom, you talked about that, celebrating 100 women over 40. And you say you become what you see. And this is something that's absolutely at the core of liberty, uh, telling these stories um, week after week so that our podcast listeners can hear stories from women, real stories about how they did what they did, where they came from, how they fumbled along the way, what's possible for them. Why was it important for you? Was it your kind of work as a photographer? What, what did you believe we would see and become by turning the pages of that book? Well, I've worked as a photographer for 15 years. And before that, I worked as a model for about 12 so I know very well what the impact is of a picture and uh, the importance of the message that you're spreading in the world and women or young women, even men, look at every single day. That image is so important. And I've learned that over so many years also by photoshopping my models, making their legs longer, making their thighs thinner, noses smaller, I, you name it. And I did it because the clients wanted it, but it did open my mind and it influenced me a lot during my thirties and my twenties. And uh, I wanted to turn it around with my portraits showing a completely different side of what beauty is or can be. Mm -hmm. I think that if you never see a woman natural, aging naturally with a normal amount of gray hair or wrinkles or saggy skin or whatever, how can you look in the mirror and think you are normal? Most women look in the mirror and they think, oh, I'm horrible. I'm aging in a horrible way because they are constantly confronted with pictures of photoshopped women and I didn't want that for my book of course and also not for my project what you see is influencing you and not only what you see also what you think so mm. uh, if you are so negative about yourself which I experienced during my 30s you become negative and, and well not, I wasn't depressed but I was dreading my age and you know mm. Nowadays, 10 years later, I'm so happy to be alive. I've seen women around me falling down. Uh, we are able to do everything we want. I mean, life is great. Yeah. It's not all appearance and it's not all outside. There's so much inside. And I think younger women in their 30s don't realize how much the inside is important when you hit 40 or 45 or older. And uh, I'm so happy I made that switch. And that part of self-acceptance makes aging uh, fabulous. Yeah, I, I want the book laying around in my living room so my 18-year-old daughter can see it, so my 16-year-old son can see it, so my 13-year-old son can see it, so my husband can see it. So all of them have very um, normalized sort of context of what it looks like for a woman to age because those images, as you just said, don't exist elsewhere. And I think they're so important for us, but even for the people around us to see. And, you know, if my 18 year old daughter is inspired by those images, then she can start to cultivate what's on the inside in this sort of arc of what is to come. If she thinks she's ending at 30, then she's in a race to hurry and get to whatever she thinks that is to peak at 30. Um, so I, I, 
Got, I got to get it in my living room. I, I'm, I'm ordering it after we, uh, after we hang up. And your T-shirt, by the way. But what is it that kind of has changed in you as a result of launching and bloom? Like, how do you see yourself differently? What has it taught you? Well, I've learned a lot from um, the women that I portray, of course. Their sharing stories with me uh, opened doors. Also, mm. uh, I recognize myself in, that, in a lot of their stories. We are all going through the same sort of journey, right? Hormonal, but also with marriage and children. And it's, it's very similar. And it made me feel... Uh, no longer alone because I am not alone. I'm with a lot of women mm. around me. Uh, also, I really, I'm really going through a journey of self-love and self-acceptance, trying to embrace the whole thing without going to the doctor and get Botox and fillers because that's very tempting, of course. And I'm not against it. I mean, everyone should do whatever they want to do in life. But I'm really trying not to, because I think there's no ending in that. I mean, if you start, mm. then where does it end? Probably when I'm dying or something, because, you know, if you're not accepting your face or your body when you're getting older, then you have a problem because if you're lucky, you're only growing older and, you know, there's no back, there's only front so you have to go on and um, I'm learning that a lot from my projects self-love self-acceptance and I'm learning a lot as an entrepreneur of course because this became a business and there's a business model and there is you know it's not only fun anymore it's also something that I really want to do every day and I need to make a living with it because otherwise I cannot do it anymore. I have to, you know, work. So it's, it became my work. And that is also something that I learned from a lot. I'm a very ambitious person. As I said before, I'm, you know, throwing all my knowledge on one big pile. And then I'm grabbing pieces out of it and trying to develop my content by portraying and writing and speaking. And, you know, it's fun. Yeah, selling t-shirts, making books. <laughs> yeah, and we need to talk about the t-shirts because that's one of the ways that you that we can support the work that you're doing, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's like a movement t-shirt. I'm not a designer and I don't want to be a designer, but, you know, and Bloom for many women became sort of a movement. So they buy a shirt and then they wear it and they make a selfie and then I share everything, of course, and that's... Also, another very important aspect for a lot of women, the sisterhood is so important because mm. lots of women are lonely at a certain moment in life. You know, friends change. They're no longer the mothers of the friends from school or husbands yeah. die. You know, a lot of things happen and they they become very lonely and um they find each other on my uh, Instagram. And of course, that's mainly the Dutch. And I don't know about the foreign women, but I know that the Dutch women are connecting with each other and they go for tea and coffee. And of course, I have my events that I normally would have twice a year, but because of COVID got canceled again. And now it's in March. And I bring all the women together that I portray. And that's about 200 women by now. And then we celebrate and... Wow. It, it really is a network community and I really need it to be real. 
And that is, you know, my thing is really to have it real. Real is important. Yeah. It, yes. And it comes across. You're, you're, you're accomplishing that. So you talked about the entrepreneur in you, which is a great place for us to segue here. And I want to just ask you questions that I know that our audience has, you know, okay, we understand how she created this Instagram account. We, we understand the kind of purpose behind it, the authenticity, the finding the niche, those, those things that you mentioned, I think are imperative, but explain to us because not all of us understand how does a content creator actually make money? You talked about, um, the model. What are some of the ways in which you have made money? And I just want to say to anyone listening, there are lots of ways as content creators. So what Dee is sharing is her kind of her own path. And we're not asking how much, um, just, just curious, what are, what is the model? What are the ways that you've figured out that you can monetize some of that content? Well, in the beginning, there was zero uh, money coming in, of course, because then you're building, uh, you're growing your your following and your account. Um, I think I didn't earn anything for the first two years. And I could have, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to... Um, to get pushed in a certain kind of direction mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. promoting certain kind of things that didn't suit me or didn't really uh, fit me as a person or the community. So I've been very careful with advertising and promoting stuff, products. Um, I could have asked the women to pay for the portraits. I could have, yeah. I didn't, because I didn't want to create this whole community by earning money from the portraits. So, you know, I did everything for free. I used my savings because I had savings from my other career to to build it. And now, three and a half years later, of course, I had COVID, which was a little bit of a downfall because advertisers sure. went away or, you know, went bankrupt or whatever happened to the whole market. We all know that. And yeah. uh, now it's picking up again. And finally, I mean, now finally, I'm 240,000 followers further and three and a half years, I can pick the, the, the companies or the brands that I want to work with because they really fit my message. And most of the time it is, uh, for instance, now I'm doing one for, uh, it's an eye cream and uh, it's especially made for women going through menopause because it's uh, estrogen deficient skin, you know, all these kind of things. So uh, it really fits my followers. It fits me. It's about products, about hair loss. So that is how I'm earning money now. And um, of course, I have a website. There's also content on there. Some people yeah. pay me to advertise on there or write blogs about their products. And, you know, there's many things. Some people buy my uh, portraits. So, you know, there's many ways of making money, but it doesn't go just like that. And I know women on Instagram that uh, don't wait a very long time. But they don't earn a lot of money. So they have smaller amounts for smaller advertisings or promotions on Instagram. I mean, you can also do that. 
Yeah. I think you have to, to your point, you have to decide where the value is for you. Is it to create the community? Is it to create a certain kind of content to earn a certain reputation and sort of postpone the the money-making piece of it? And now you can handpick brands that are a fit. And, and they're not just a fit for you and your brand. They're actually a service for those of us who are following you or listening to you or reading you, we're trusting you as an authority in this space. And that's where I come Um, back to the realness. I don't want to sell something that I didn't try or, you know, don't believe in. It's not about the money. It's about the message. Yeah. And, And people can tell. People can sniff those sort of things out really quickly. As soon as you start playing in that field of, oh, look, now I can monetize every single word I say, then the user, the the fans, the followers start to say, wait a minute, this isn't the D that we, we knew and loved. And so there is a responsibility even in that. You had said earlier that you were talking to people around you who were sort of saying, you know, what's next for me? And this is sort of the end of the road, that plateau that we were talking about. And I hear that too. What do you want to say to those women who have an idea or maybe they've been working at something for some time that isn't where they think they should be anymore, but they think it's too late. Why would I be starting all over at this point? What do you want to say to them? I mean, it's very difficult to find the courage sometimes, right? You're in a yeah. in everything. You're in a relationship or a friendship or a job that you're so used to. And it's very difficult to close doors and then just think, okay, I throw everything that I know away and I start over. But in a way, that is uh, the only way. You cannot you cannot start new dreams if you leave your your old dreams behind. It's it's difficult. You, you can do a little bit of both, but most of the time, I don't think that really works. So for me, it was closing doors to open new ones. And it was pretty scary to tell my agent, okay, don't call me anymore for photography assignments. I'm going to quit. Uh, but it was the only way for me to let go completely of that career and then start with a blank sheet and then start something new. And um, I think following following your heart is so important. It is so scary to follow your heart and, you know, go into the unknown. But it is, yeah. if you have a dream, you should follow it. And it's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, your gut, your gut tells you, what you're supposed to do with your life. And when you follow it, you know, we have intuition, women. We know what's right for us. Yeah. I would say I've had a conversation um, recently that I think by the time everyone listens to your conversation, they will have heard this other podcast interview. But we talked about being in a place of privilege where we don't have to work to make sure there's a roof over our head or to put food on the table. And so, and that shouldn't come with shame. I say that to say we have not only a privilege, but again, a responsibility to what does it mean to follow our heart? What is, what is in there that we can put out into the world? And we've been given this sort of extraordinary set of circumstances. We were born in the right place. We're in a situation where we get to, we have the privilege for better or worse to look at um, that piece of of our life and say, let me consider really carefully what I was sort of 
created for, why I'm here, what I have to offer. And I think your heart gives you that. It has that, it holds that information. It's not in your head. Your head will spin around a million times and try and come up with the bottom line, but your heart will tell you those things. And I I think it's important for us, for those of us who have that privilege to see it as a responsibility to access that. Um, Do you think that you are more equipped now at 46 than you were perhaps in your 30s to run a business? It's a completely different business, but I've always had the quality of uh, pushing myself. Mm. And uh, I've always been a freelancer, an entrepreneur, always working in assignments and always on my own in my studio behind my computer. And, you know, things needed to be done. And if I have a focus, I, I go for that completely. And there... I want to come back to my Instagram account. I worked on that account seven days a week for three and a half years, nonstop. During holidays, during everything, every single day, I posted a picture with a caption, text, interesting story, made my stories and so on. So it's not like you build this thing by posting an occasional uh, portrait. Or picture if you want to grow a big account or a successful account you have to post and post and post and bring out your message and uh, there's a lot to it there's also a lot of mail there's also a lot of thinking there's a lot of trying but uh, it's the focus that I have more now than I had when I was 30 but now I'm also a mom and uh, I'm also tired sometimes so it's a different it's a different sort of entrepreneurship I'm juggling and trying to uh, be there for my son all the time and uh, when he's in school I'm behind my computer or I'm on my phone being on Instagram and it's different but I have confidence, you see. I know what I can and Mm -hmm. what I'm good at and uh, my qualities. And I also know that if I tell my followers that I take a day off, which I do sometimes in stories, they're like, Dee, please go and take a day off because you're always here. And I'm not always on Instagram, but it feels like that sometimes. Yeah. So you actually on stories are showing up so much that when you say, I want to take a day off, they're telling you, yes, take a day off. Like you're that intimately connected with your followers. That's amazing. I receive a lot of uh, private messaging and I answer almost all of them. And I have, I I built friendships. (laughs) I can attest to that because that's how we got connected. I I came to you um, on DM. So you do, in fact, you are answering those DMs. Do you think... Going back to the work that you're doing on Instagram, which clearly it's it's an amazing amount of work. It's not just posting a picture and hoping people will come. You're very intentional about the work. Do you think in this sort of increasingly noisy space that, you know, we talked about your what you did to niche down and to focus on this particular demographic of women over 40. Do you think that it is imperative that we do the same. And how do you? How did you find that that was an empty space? Was it informed by your own life? Did you just kind of take a shot in the dark and say, well, I don't see anything here on Instagram, so I'm going to start with this platform in this space? Like, 
we keep talking about niching, but how does the audience who's listening to us right now really begin to find what their niche is and where their voice belongs? Well, I think uh, when you follow your heart and you find subjects that you are uh, passionate about, that is your subject. And then you'll find your niche that um, fits the subject. And it isn't important if it's a big niche or a small niche. In my case, it's a big niche, but also not as big as young women because the amount of older Mm. women on Instagram is much smaller than the younger ones. Although I have a big following starting from 35. So they're not all over 40. I think it's... I think it's a little bit of a research. You go and find uh, what is missing. As long as it's following your heart, you can do your own research and then find your niche. For me, it was a search, my personal search for inspiration and uh, women to just show me and tell me what's next in life. I had to find out on Instagram that I am in perimenopause. I had no idea what it was and what it meant, I had no idea. And I was through my own account finding out that perimenopause was a thing. And it started already when I was after my pregnancy, probably around 42 or 43. And I, I, someone sent me a list of symptoms and I was like, huh? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. That is what I was searching for. Content from women that show me, okay, girl, I am five or 10 years older than you. And this is what is going to happen to your life. Hold on. (laughs) And uh, I needed that. And uh, it wasn't there. So And I grew in it. First it was the portraits and then it was me. And then I slowly started to share a little bit about my endometriosis, what I have, Mm -hmm. or my infertility. And then the perimenopause came in. And then, you know, there's also marriage and motherhood. So altogether it, it became bigger. But you have to start somewhere. Once you have your subject, then you can grow bigger and I know for a fact that I inspired a lot of women to step into the light and that is just what makes me so happy because all these women who started their accounts and uh, they are blooming or something you know like they follow and bloom and then they decided to bloom themselves and I'm like yeah that is amazing It is amazing. It is amazing. And it's amazing that, again, going back to following your heart, I'm glad you circled back there because that's what you did. And then that's what you're igniting in the rest of us. Um, Again, I've been doing Liberty, this podcast, I think we're four years now. And it was really saying, where am I in life? I think a pandemic gave me a lot of opportunity to sort of pause and consider that and say, I have been a small business consultant for over 20 years, helping female founders. This podcast was doing that, but I feel like I need to step into a new light, to use your words. And it wasn't about abandoning the work that I knew. That was my camera. My camera was working with women on their on their businesses, but it was where are the voices, where are the women, where are the people that are launching over 40 and creating those new lives for themselves? In their, in their work and what they're putting out into the world. And I don't care if it's writing a book or starting an Instagram or a nonprofit, it doesn't have to be a traditional business, but 
I'm telling you, Dee, a lot of it was because of you and looking to see, okay, if somebody can make this aging process look so beautiful, I'm inspired by it versus I'm dreading it. How can I create a platform um, in the way that Dee did and inspire people to consider their possibilities in their work? So the light that you started is is shining bright. Um, I am among one of those 240,000 followers. So thank you. Before we let you go, we have something called the Fast Five. So I'm just going to ask you these questions. What do you think is one trait an entrepreneur must possess? Mm, I think uh, determination. You have to really be determined and keep going. Don't give up because it's not like uphill all the time, of course. And then what's an app that you use or just a daily hack that you um, like to reference for work, to streamline your work, to organize your work, whatever? Uh, Well, I use Preview app a lot to organize my portraits and then, you know, work through the weeks because, of course, it's not all one one day at a time thing. I already have a list of portraits that I want to uh, post in the future. So that really helps me organize and unfold to make my stories because stories are very important. I am very private in my stories and more portraits on my feed. Mm. And I have a lot of viewers on my on my. Uh, stories too on Instagram so I want them to look nice and unfold is a really great app to do that okay so preview is that what you said yeah and unfold and unfold. okay so we'll make sure to reference those in our show notes and then um why do you think women should launch after 40 because they have so much knowledge I mean there is I mean it's society that is uh, promoting young women or men people on the on the workspace they're cheaper and you know they're they work faster probably but they don't have the same knowledge so I think maybe in a very different context you are better than a lot of younger uh, versions of you so it's knowledge it's knowledge it's um, experience, wisdom, 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 and beauty also, (laughs) very beauty. Yeah. 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 Um, This is a a question that um, I'm taking a personal survey here to see uh, if, uh, if I find more entrepreneurs are morning people or night people, which are you? Night. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Me too. I'm so happy to hear that. I was starting to think, maybe I'm in the wrong space. Everybody, all these entrepreneurs are early, early birds. I mean, I wake up early because my son has to go to school. So seven o'clock, there's like ding. And I'm like, oh, so I work at night. When he goes to bed, I work. Exactly. And then uh, I go to bed uh, always a little too late. And then I wake up very early. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm really a night person. Absolutely. <laughs> Always been. <laughs> I, I know I get a second wind at night. So um, you know that this podcast is really the intention is to liberate women to to pursue and actualize their dreams. And we've rebranded it as Liberty Road because it's a windy road. It's a long and windy road to get there. But in that process. We're hoping that it's not just the outcome, it's not just the destination, it's the venture itself, it's the adventure itself, it's the journey. What has launching and Bloom done to liberate you? How have you been liberated by this journey? Well, I'm living my dream. So mm. um, 
I'm independent. I'm creating what I have in my mind. I don't have to uh, ask anyone for help. It is really, it's all about me. It sounds so selfish, no? But it's, it's creating my own world here. And uh, that is really an adventure. And I, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's really liberating to do what you really want to do with your life mm. instead of following other people's dreams or because you have to and of course you know it's a privilege it sounds very yeah. spoiled to say it like that because I was able to follow my dreams and uh, I had a saving and everything from a previous career but yeah it's it's been an adventure on its own and also my negative view on aging completely changed and I'm very mm. thankful for that because it makes the second half of my life so much better than I was aiming for. I mean, I thought, you know, it was just going to end somewhere in my 40s. And now I know that uh, menopause is not a very uh, negative thing. It can be a very beautiful transition to another part of your life, second spring, some call it. And I'm connected with so many women that put it in a very different daylight and also the whole aging process. And I've seen with my own eyes the most wrinkly woman, women that are beautiful because they are shining from the inside. And uh, there's a lot you can do. And, and there is no limits to how you can age or how you live your life. And that is what's really opened my heart, yeah. There's no way to end that better than that. You just said it. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for taking this hour with us and inspiring our listeners. I know many of them who, if they aren't already following you, will begin to follow you. And to whether they're 35 or 60, they'll find some sort of um, inspiration and something new and a new way to reflect about who they are and how they see age. So thank you for the work that you're thank doing. You. We so appreciate it. I hope it was good enough and clear because, you know, being a Dutch with my accent and everything, I hope <laughs> it was, uh, I hope it was good enough. <laughs> There's uh, only a beautiful accent and it was very clear. We understood you every word you were saying. Thank Great. you. And Liberty listeners, thank you to you for listening until next week. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower.